Thank you, worship team. Good morning, Redeemer City Church. So good to see you guys here this morning. My name is Austin, and uh, I bring greetings from the second best city in the world, Chicago. Accra, Chicago. And I bring greetings from Gospel Life. The elders and the staff have commissioned our team to be present with you all here. We want you to know how excited we are that you're doing gospel ministry in Accra, and we want to be wind in your sails and pushing you forward. And so it is a blessing to be here with you all to do the work of the ministry this week. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a privilege to come and preach the Word of God to you this morning. I hope you brought your Bibles. And you can turn with me to the book of Mark. The book of Mark, chapter 1. Book of Mark, chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 14 this morning. The book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 14. This morning, I want to preach today about expectations. All of us deal with expectations in life. Uh, I have been confronted by new expectations as I came to a new culture here in Ghana. I loved what Pastor Enoch has done today. Not Pastor, but Enoch. Thank you for leading us in worship today. Can we give it up for Enoch? Enoch, I want to take you from here and bring you to America. And I want you to... I want you to teach the Americans how to dance and worship spiritedly in worship. Because in America, uh, they don't have that expectation. Uh, they kind of stand here like this sometimes. Not like this, like you were doing, okay? And... Uh, I love that you guys go for two hours in a service. In America, if I go over the allotted time, they throw me out of the church. And so those are expectations that are different from our cultures. And yesterday, we, I drove for the first time in Ghana. And I didn't know you had to be aggressive when you drive. I would just sit there and sit there, and you had to push out into traffic. And it's a little bit scary for an American like myself. That was a new expectation. The last expectation is I thought uh, people liked me. I thought people liked me. And yesterday when we went out to the community, some of the kids, when I said hello, they ran away. <laughs> and they closed their door. And then Bree, she's part of our team. She would come out and they would welcome her. And they loved her. And I was sad. But now I'm happy because Bree did it. But we deal with expectations. Today I want to talk to you about what Jesus' expectations are on you today. And these expectations cross any sort of culture. 
These expectations land in any part of the United States or any part of Ghana. It will go to any part of the globe. These expectations transcend any language or culture. And the expectations Jesus is going to show us today are connected to Jesus' personal ministry here on the earth. And we're going to find that in the book of Mark today. The book of Mark is an action-packed story of Jesus' life. It's a immediate, it's, it's quick, it's a fast-paced view of Jesus' life here on the earth. And this morning, I want to talk about three expectations Jesus has for us today. And we'll start in verse 14 of chapter 1. The Word of God says this, Now after John, that is John the Baptist, the one who would prepare the way for Jesus. Now when John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee. Galilee was the area of Jesus' most ministry where he started. He was his headquarters at Capernaum. And that's where he started to do these miraculous signs and wonders. And this was the start of Jesus' ministry. And, and here's what he did when he came to Galilee. This is what he did proclaiming the gospel of God. What was Jesus' ministry was proclamation of the good news of God. Verse 15, and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This uh, two verses encapsulate so beautifully the mission of Jesus. And not only his mission, but the mission he gives to his followers. To cast and to proclaim the message of hope found in the gospel. That's what Redeemer City is planted on. That is what it is rooted on, is that it calls men, women, kids, this week at VBS, to repent and believe in the message of the gospel. So what is the first expectation Jesus has for us today? The first expectation is that of repentance. Metanoia is the word in Greek. It is that you turn around. The, the direction you're headed is a direction of destruction. It's a path of hurt and pain. But Jesus calls us to turn in the opposite direction. And, and, and here's the first expectation I will have from Jesus' words. Repent from pretending and performing. Repent of pretending and performing. What do I mean by pretending? Pretending is when you and I minimize our sinfulness. We don't fully believe in how rotten and how bad we truly are. Here's how pretending looks, is we are dishonest about our true state. Well, I, I'm not as bad. I'm not that bad. Or we, we compare our lives to other people. Their, their lives are worse than my life. They're more of a sinner than me. And we compare ourselves to someone else. We pretend we're not as bad. Or we make excuses. This is just who I am. This is just my personality. 
I can't really change who I am. And so we pretend. And the thing Jesus wants us to repent, to turn away from, is pretending and minimizing our sinfulness. If you think about little kids, little kids love to pretend. As a kid, it's okay to pretend to be an animal like a lion. My boys, they love to, I have two little boys, they love to stomp around like elephants as little boys. And that's okay as kids. But when you become an adult, it's no longer okay. You, you're, you're grown up now. You can't pretend anymore. That's what happens when the gospel comes into our life as well is the ways we used to be. Our sinfulness, once it's confronted, is we no longer pretend. We see that, that Jesus has invaded our life and he's, he's changed us. And, and the beautiful thing is we are left exposed in all of our sin. And what Jesus does is he sees us in our most vulnerable place and he still accepts us. He still loves us. Even though he sees all of our wrong all of our pretending, and he welcomes us in. So we repent of pretending, and we also repent of performing. Performing is minimizing God's holiness in our life. If we were better Christians, God would approve of us more, is the type of thinking we sometimes have. When I was a teenager, and I would sin as a Christian... I would think that I had to earn back some favor with God before he would accept me again. And that is not the gospel. There's no performing to be done. It's a simple receiving of the grace of Jesus in your life. That when he in his perfect life on earth, when he died for us, was buried and rose again, his righteousness now covers over us. So when God looks down upon us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus' righteousness that covers over us. That, that's what we believe here at Redeemer City. And so we repent of performing like we have to help God out in our life. This is what Galatians means when it says, Are you so foolish? Have you begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? That there's no performing. It's the grace of God that lives in you. And the fruit of the Spirit bears fruit out of you. It's not trying harder. It's not performing, being good enough. No, it is simply receiving. So I have a question for you, Redeemer City. As God thinks of you right now, what's the look on his face? As God sees you right now, in your state, what is the look on his face? It should make you think and believe that his face is smiling down on you because of God's grace is covered over you. That, that, that it's not because of your work, but because of Christ's work has saved and redeemed you, you step into a smile on God's face. That there's nothing you can do to keep your salvation or earn it anymore. It is simply given to you. You think of the thief on the cross. He was pinned against the cross, unable to move. He couldn't go and worship with Enoch. He couldn't go to a small group. 
He couldn't do anything to earn God's favor in his life. He simply believed. And what did Jesus tell the thief on the cross? You will be with me in paradise. Simply a state of who you are. And so this morning, the expectation Jesus has as he brings in the kingdom is repenting of our pretending and our performing the second expectation this morning is the word believe. It's believe in the gospel by receiving it as a gift. It's believing in the gospel by receiving it as a gift. Uh, fast forward to Mark chapter 10. And in Mark chapter 10, Jesus has this moment where he's mad. The word says indignant. And he's mad. He's angry at his disciples. Why is he mad at his disciples? Because these little kids that were up here like this, the little kids were trying to get to Jesus. And the disciples were shooing them away. Don't come to Jesus. And Jesus says, do not hinder them. For such is the kingdom of God. Whoever will receive the kingdom of God will enter it like a child. Like a child. The thing about children is they can't do much. They're dependent upon their parents. I have a four-year-old at home. His name is Bennett. And we're trying to get him to do chores around the house. It's hard. Because he's four. And one of his chores is to sweep up the floor in the kitchen. And so I told him, go sweep the floor up. And he did his best to sweep up the floor, but it wasn't good at all. <laughs> there was all kinds of dirt still left after he told me he'd finished. The thing about little ones is they can't do anything. In a way, they're helpless. The parent has to help them. That is our relationship to God, is we come to him as helpless children. Say, I have nothing to offer you, God. I simply receive and believe the message of the gospel and give nothing back to you. So what does this mean for us when we believe and receive the gospel as a gift? How does that work in our Christian life? It works in making us humble and bold at the same time. Humble and bold at the same time. See, our humility comes where we understand we are more wicked than we ever thought possible. And at the very same time, because Jesus came into our life and changed us, we become bold and stand upon the message Jesus gave to us when we believe. So, so we're, we're humbled in that, that we realize the wretchedness of our own heart. What some things people don't even know we've thought or believed that are wrong, that are sinful. And so it humbles us. It's like, God, we couldn't do anything to earn favor with you. And then at the very same time, there's this boldness that I boast in the Jesus Christ who saved me and redeemed me. And that is the hope we have as Christians. That's the life we ought to live is this perfect melding of humble and boldness. I, Mensa, he loves Tim Keller, and so I have a Tim Keller quote for him today. 
This is Tim Keller. He says this, that we are simultaneously more wicked than we ever imagined, but also more loved and accepted than we ever dared hope. That's the hope. That's the message of the gospel. That's what Jesus came to preach to us today. Martin Luther, he says, we are simultaneously righteous and a sinner at the same time. And we live in this tension until Jesus comes back one day. And so today we believe the gospel, receive it as a gift like a child. Nothing to earn, no favor to gain in the eyes of Jesus. So that's the second. The third and final expectation Jesus has for us is in the following passages, verse 16 through 20. It says this, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew and the brother of Simon casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Verse 17, and Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately... They left their nets and followed him. And going a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called for them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servant and followed him. The, the third expectation Jesus has is that you would Follow him by making him the priority of your life. Priority means the top, the most important thing in your life. See, Jesus comes to these men. These were one of, part of the 12 disciples. And he says, come, follow after me. And twice, it says, immediately, once they were converted, once they followed him, they left their work their jobs, their nets, their fishermen, and they left their own family to follow after Jesus. See, what Jesus calls you today as a follower of Jesus is to make him priority above everything else in your life. That he would be the supreme passion of your life. That, that everything else would orbit, like Jesus is this stand, everything else in your life would orbit around Jesus. That nothing would take authority or place in your heart but Jesus. Jesus, he gets really graphic in his language of just how intense he wants you and I to follow after him. He says it in Luke. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife and his children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus is saying that you don't act, it's not actively hating your family, but comparatively hating your family. Meaning, uh, your Jesus, whom you worship and serve, should be more of a priority than even your family that sits in this room today. That's what these disciples did. They left their fathers in the boat as they followed Jesus. Today, church, will you see Jesus as the one in whom you will follow 100% fully? That he would be the passion of your life 
and then everything else would flow out of that. That, that you would not have anything before Jesus. See, if you or I say, I'll obey Jesus if I become successful, or if we say, I'll obey Jesus if my health is good, or if, if I'll follow Jesus and obey him if my family is all together, then the thing on the other side of the if is what you really prioritize. Or we could say, what is truly your idol that you worship? more than Jesus. So if there's anything on the other side of the if of, I'll follow Jesus if he does these things for me, that's what you truly prioritize. And what Jesus is saying, push all those things away. It's me and only me. Seek first my kingdom and all of these other things will be added to you. So church, can you see today the call on your life is to follow Jesus fully, making him the supreme prize of your life. How I want to end today's message is with Pastor Tay. Pastor Tay, come on up here. The three expectations as we close today is to repent of the pretending and performing, to, to believe in the gospel as a gift, and that we would follow Jesus as a priority. And what I can't do, what my brother can do, is sing. And I want him to bless you with an old hymn. An old hymn that speaks of the trusting in the Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, Pastor Tay, would you, would you conclude this sermon by singing, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus? Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. What a word. Tis so sweet. To trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, and to know the Savior. Jesus, oh 
for grace. Oh, for grace to trust him. Oh, for grace. Oh, for grace. One more time. Brother Enoch, you got some competition. No, just kidding. I want to pray over you now as a church, and then I'll do a benediction as well. Father, we're so grateful for Jesus coming to earth, for him being the perfect spotless lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world that he would have his blood be the payment for our sin and that his life would cover over our life. Lord, thank you that we have been now crucified with Christ. It is no longer us who live, but Christ now lives in us. And in that we believe and in that we will live. And so today and every day we repent and we believe and we follow which are the expectations you have for us, and we want to walk in your goodness and in your life. I pray for anyone here that does not know Jesus, that they would believe in him today for the first time. They would believe that he is powerful to save them, that he can clear away their wickedness and their sin and give them a new life, a new creation, that they would sing along with us the goodness of God in their life. And now, Redeemer City, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.